Time for another update. You're listening to Humor and Mistakes with McNeil, and here is my update of my week. Uh, last week, I told y'all I was going to get to work on time. We're going to nix that one. That one is a goal we're not going to achieve. Um, I grew from being 15 to 20 minutes late to work every day down to five, and uh, I'm only five minutes late now. I got to work early last week and I sat at my desk and I was like, um, work don't start till 9 a.m. What am I doing here? I need to bounce. And I became very anxious waiting 10 minutes for, for my shift to start. So that is one of those things. That's one of those goals that when you recognize a goal's not working or it's not for you, don't be afraid to change it. I'm not a guy that gets to work early. I accept that about myself. What is something that you don't accept about yourself? Hmm. I accept myself. Another thing that happened this week or yesterday, because today is Monday, is I went to church with my grandmother last week. I used to go to church with her all the time as a kid, and it makes her happy when I go, so I went. And uh, the pastor, he started talking about living for your soul and your spirit and not your body. And I was like, hold up, what is the fuck does that mean? And apparently it means that a lot of us humans, we live for our body. We want to have sex, we have sex. We want to get drunk, we get drunk. You know, we want to make money so we work a job that we hate. But the point is you're supposed to live for your soul and your spirit and everything else will take care of itself. And I was like, well, goddamn, he must be talking to me because I live for my body a lot. Uh, And one thing that he suggested to like get your mental will and strengthen that is to go on a fast. And I was like, well, I eat every day, many times a day. So time to challenge myself. I'm fasting this week. Uh, I'm seven hours in. I am going to fast. I don't know how many days. I'm not going to lie to y'all. But I'm seven hours into my fast. I ate at midnight last night. I had me a delicious salad from Bojangles. And now I'm fasting. And after this fast, my mental will is going to be so strong that I'm hoping to be able to control shit with my mind. Like I can just move objects just by thinking about it. Another hope... And I'm not talking to the people anymore. I'm talking directly to you, Jesus, God, and the Holy Ghost. The Trinity of y'all, I'm talking to y'all. Listen, I understand you hate when people test you gangster, right? Like you don't like stories of people jumping off the roof and saying, oh, if God was real, he would save me. Y'all don't like that. I read those stories in the Bible. You don't like it. But I have an offer for you. The opportunity of a lifetime. An offer you can't refuse. Well, actually, you can refuse it. That sounds like a threat. Anyways, God, Jesus, Holy Ghost, Trinity. If you pay off my student loans during this fast, then you have to realize I have a great voice. I have a platform. I am charismatic. You pay off my student loans. Do you know how good my testimony is going to be? When I go around and tell people about y'all, everybody going to be following Jesus. You probably going to, I don't know how many followers you currently have on Instagram, but it's going to go up by 10 million. That is my work ethic. That's all I'm saying. Make it happen. Make those student loans go away. Anyways, my guest this week is Ty Banks. He's a film producer, film director, actor, and an overall pretty positive guy. Uh, I like him. He's a good friend. Um, he came on to the show, which I appreciate so much. We were talking about it, and in comedy, there's levels to this shit. And by that, I mean there are different levels of comics. And me just getting into the game, he's a couple tiers ahead of me, to be honest. And he was so excited about being on. We talked about it, and so he's just a real humble dude. He's always looking to help someone. And y'all should listen. Y'all are going to learn a lot. You're going to learn a lot about this man. And he's going to give some education. So I hope you enjoy. Peace out. 
Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Humor and Mistakes here on 103.5 FM WOMCOM radio station. Each week we have a guest on our show to discuss mistakes, mishaps, and missteps that they made throughout life. We hope to find wisdom and a few laughs along the way. This here we're this week we're here with film actor, film producer, and actor Ty Banks. Just gonna let the music play out real quick. <laughs> How you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me. No problem. Uh, we were talking a little bit before, so I know who you are. Mm-hmm. But uh, can you give the people your elevator pitch of who you are? Um, my name is Todd Banks, of course, and I'm a film producer, actor. Uh, I can't really say I rap as much as I used to be, but um, I'm always hip-hop to the bone. So um, just a hip-hop person. But definitely a um, film producer, uh, TV producer. And I produce um, comedies, uh, Liquor House Comedy. I'm a producer of that. And a couple other projects that I got coming up. Uh, I got a, a documentary called Ladies on Lather, which is a documentary about females, female women, females of color in comedy. I got it all mixed. <laughs> female up. women. Yeah, female women, right. Female um, ladies, you know, is doing um, comedy, women of color doing comedy in North Carolina, what they go through. Oh, wow. What do they go through? They go through a lot. I can't wait to show the documentary. <laughs> okay. um, I submitted the um, full frame. So hopefully I get picked up in full frame, um, but I'm still gonna release it regardless. Put it, um, put it out myself as well. But they go through a lot. Hip hop to your bone. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask yeah. you a question that's gonna be t- okay tough for you to answer. Uh huh. Favorite rap album of all time. That is tough to answer. Um, I don't know. I don't I'm, know. I'm a mood guy. Like it depends on what mood I am. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, I you know I always thought about it when people say who's your favorite, like a favorite top five or something. I can always give like who I think is the most underrated. Okay, who? Um, I'll say um, going back to the nineties, probably CL Smooth was probably the most underrated. Okay. Um, E Forty. Oh, okay. Another I underrated, I think, rapper. I love his flow. Yeah, very underrated. He's been around since the eighties. So you know, um, someone else I would have to say, uh, Black Thought. Definitely, Black Thought is underrated. So uh, I know he's. Huh? What was your flow like? Um, I still can flow, man. I ain't, but I just say <laughs> that, that was. Yeah. What is it? Uh, it's more like uh, I, I kind of like the, I like to kind of flow towards the beats. Okay, you know, like now it just seems like it's da 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 da. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. like it's just uh, the rhythmic part is just I point the bucket, the bucket, the You know, they they rap like that now. A lot of people do, but I think they're rap they're rapping because a lot of people are still are uh, doing more of the. I can't say it's like trap. So they're doing it over that assembly. Like, so that's what they're da, 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 okay. They're doing it to that now. I like to say that people don't make albums anymore. Right. They make mixtapes that they right. release as albums. Like you just you just handed me ten SoundCloud tracks. Right. <laughs> there's no there's no concept. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well the album is, you know, they everybody's trying to make a hit single. And they feel like they can get paid, so they they're pretty much trying to make a hit single. So, like you said, they're just throwing out singles, yeah, ten singles, and then putting them together. You know, what I mean, so <laughs> I miss no the concept, concept albums, man. I right, do. I do. Right. So, tell me, where did you grow up? I grew up in Southeast Raleigh. Um, lived all over pretty much parts of Raleigh, but I went to high school actually for like two, like a half, a year and a half. I'm sorry, in Cary. So. I went from a predominantly black school at Enloe to a predominantly white school. So during the 90s, that was like a big transition. So I know the difference between the two. I talk (laughs) about it because I did the same thing. Oh, okay. Um, I I went to college, and uh, that's when I, like, hung out with all white people. Like, I hung out with white people before, but this was, like, a new thing. Yeah, yeah. It was the first time I met hippies, man. Oh, okay. (laughs) Like, I had never met hippies before. Mm -hmm. And my first day of college, I walk in, and there's just people laying in the grass looking up at the sky. Oh, okay. (laughs) I was like, like, what are you guys doing? Culture shock, yeah. Yeah, No one does that where I'm from. (laughs) Yeah. What was your culture shock? Um, It was... uh, I just I think it was more the perception of um, what people thought other people were, and okay. then when I was around different people, I started to notice that a lot of people are just alike. They just have different um, things that upset them, but it, they they still doing the same thing. 
but it's still the same. Like, uh, let's say, like, um, a black kid from the ghetto, right? Yeah. He might be, like, this way and act this way and do this thing and whatever. But then you go meet this poor white kid. He does the same thing, but he just do it in another way. You know, it's the same exact problems. I I, I definitely <laughs> agree. I got into <laughs> I got into an argument with the kid once. Uh, he was a rich kid, but he mm-hmm. sold drugs. Right, and he was like being. He was talking down on like people who sell drugs. I was like, "You're a drug dealer right, too. Right. <laughs> like, you just got a different look." A, <laughs> but you know what was funny? Like I I was around more drugs when I went to carry than I was at the black school. I know people. I don't, I'm not not. It was just the truth. Like those kids at that school seemed to do more drugs. The kids at the other school, they might have sold it, but the kids over there was doing it, you know? <laughs> so it was like, it was just a different, you know, yeah. they both was doing the same thing, but just this, it was just like a customer and a seller, customers, but they both was doing the same thing. Yeah, that's, yeah, when I got to college, that's when I found out, like, because I didn't know anybody that did hard drugs. Like, right. I was just like, who would do hard drugs? Yeah, well, like, I want to carry That's what I found out. <laughs> I didn't know. I was like, oh, these people do hard yeah, drugs. Yeah, yeah. So that was a culture shock to me. Yeah. Like, uh, they crazy too, man. Oh yeah, I used to be. I don't know about you. I was. I would be the only anything else in class. <laughs> Me like, too. Sometimes. Yeah, like even the you know. Like for a couple of classes, it'd just be me, you know, <laughs> well, nobody else. I found another token black guy to hang out with, but it was mostly <laughs> us. And sometimes right. we would just look at each other at parties and be like, these people, they wilding. Like, yeah, yeah. Like I thought I saw people wild before, but right. no, probably people wild on a different yeah, level people, sometimes. Yeah, people do both. Uh, yeah. Like I said, man, it's like the same thing, same thing, just different person. They just say a, a different word and they might say another word. It's, it means the same. Very true. Mm-hmm. So, did you learn anything uh, at Carrie? Yeah. Um I learned that. I I learned that a lot of people give back, and you don't think they're giving back because they don't look like you. But then when you get to know them, they're giving back. They're just not saying anything. Like, for instance, like um, if someone is giving back from a um a urban community or whatever, people expect for that person to get out there and to say it. You yeah. know, it's like pressure on you to show that you're giving back. Whereas the other community that I went, when I went to carry, it was like, you don't have to say it, just do it. And not saying that that's better or wrong. It was just the culture of it. Like, they would give back and be doing stuff that other people in this community didn't know they was doing. Then this community was doing stuff that they didn't know they was doing. But really, like I said, it's the same people doing the same thing. It's just a misconnection of people not talking about it. I'm yeah. always, I'm always conflicted on the whether you should advertise whether you're giving back or not. Right. Uh, just because if you do something, there's so much negativity in the world mm-hmm. that when people do something negative, it's always out there. Right. So sometimes I don't get upset when someone does something good and they try to tell everybody because right. right. you have to let people know people are out there doing good things. Right. I think it just depends on the person. True. Yeah. True. Uh, so you you went to carry and then mm-hmm. uh, where did you go from there? Um, we ended up going back, ended up graduating from Enlo. So I actually, to be honest, I went to three high schools. I went to Athens Drive as well, which was like a same situation with Kerry. But um ended up going, graduating from Enlo. Then when I left Enlo, I gra- I went to um, Shaw because my dad was working at Shaw University. So I was going there for free. Oh, that's what's up. So man. I went there for like three years for free. You know, so big up to Shaw. <laughs> Always got to respect that. They gave me free education for three years, you know. So... I went to St. Arnold too. I got actually got kicked out of college. That's <laughs> that's what's what it's through. I got kicked out of college. My grandmother convinced me to go back to college because my dad was working there, and that's how I went to Shaw. How did you get kicked out of college? I this won't is do definitely anything. A, like you just <laughs> won't doing anything. And like it, nothing. Just running around partying, man. To be honest with you, and um, at the time, the coach, uh, I was gonna get red shirt and play basketball. Um, and it's a funny story because. That's when I met uh, this dude. I met a whole bunch of people. You know, we all was like on the team and everything. But I always think it's funny now that the Amigos manager is Kev and went to school together. Oh, really? Right. Yeah. So I think that's funny <laughs> that he went into music like that. But we don't super tight, but we know each other. You know. Yeah. So I always think that's kind of funny. You know. <laughs> so you were on. a baller and a rapper. Like that's like yeah, that's everything. Like everything <laughs> that's what you're supposed to do in the hood, right? I used yeah. to be a DJ when I was a kid too. So. Oh, yeah. you did it all, man. Like, Yeah, I told you, I'm hip-hop to the bone, break dance too, man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> did you have the cardboard? Mm-hmm. 
So you bro- you break dance, DJ, mm-hmm. bald, and, uh, and tag. We used to tag too. Yeah, to tag. Okay, and you I wasn't tag. really good. I wasn't. A, I couldn't be a graffiti artist because I couldn't draw that good. So I couldn't really draw. So I <laughs> wasn't good at it. So I just stopped. I just tag. You know. So you were just hip hop to like you I did hip hop to the bone for okay, real. Okay, for real, man. Oh, so yeah. when you first got kicked out of school, what did mm-hmm. you think? Um, at the time I was like, you know. I don't know, man. I, I really wasn't paying much attention to it, to be honest with you. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Okay. I think I was like a lot of people who don't really know what they want to do. And I was just going to school. That was just pretty much, I didn't want to go to Army. You know yeah. what I mean? So I like, we're going and go to school right quick. So that's really, really what it was. And and uh, so one thing I'm interested in, mm-hmm. uh, hearing about you getting out of school and mm-hmm. you not knowing what you want to do, is I know the tie now who mm-hmm. is – you know, gets st- I almost said the S word on the radio. Get <laughs> stuff done, right? And uh, you know, you're very active. You're a hustler. Mm-hmm. So how did that? Like, I want to talk about like what in between that like made that happen. Um, I said if what what really made me go back and start looking at stuff was there was a girlfriend I had back in school, and she just basically was just being real and it told me what are you gonna do? You know, like you're having fun, you're playing around with your friend, but what you gonna do? So. Women will do that, man. Yeah, I mean, she was, I still consider her a friend. Um, she was just straightforward, and that kind of, like, put things on straight. We broke up and everything, but I always respected her for being straight with me, you know. Did she sit you down and, like, here's what you got No, she just was real, you know, okay. just real. And then my grandfather had passed away, and I was staying with my granddad, and he had cancer, so I stayed with him through the whole ordeal, and she would be there, too. Okay. You know, so as she, she might be listening, I don't know, but... um. You know, that kind of, like, changed my way of thinking. And then um, what really, like, changed my whole way of thinking was, um, uh, I could say his name, but I was at the state fair, and a friend of mine got killed at the fair. And I was the last person that spoke to him, and they killed him at the fair, at the state fair. So we were standing there talking. They get the state fair, like, yeah. in Rock. Wow. Yeah. yeah, so me and him was talking, and um, we shook hands, and... Uh, we hadn't seen each other in a while because he, he went to Cary High, too. So my side of town, if people don't understand, um, my side of town went to Cary. But we was the only people from Raleigh going to Cary High back then. So when that happened, I kind of looked at things kind of different. You know, like I kind of like, nah, this ain't kind of, I got to get serious about life, you know. Yeah. But that right there and her talking and different stuff, that kind of like changed everything for me. Okay. Well, like, um, looking at things different isn't mm-hmm. necessarily enough. Like, you have to put the action behind it. Mm-hmm. So did you, like, write out a plan? Did you? No, it was, like, trial and error with a lot of things. Uh, I didn't really, um, I could go quick story. Like, the guys I was doing music with, we never did that. And they actually knew more people than I did. So what happened was I was putting all my faith in them, and it wasn't really fair to them either. Because I wasn't really pushing what I was trying to do, and they was trying to do their thing. But at the same time, they didn't really know or had the work ethic to move it forward neither. So we were just a whole bunch of people, just a bunch of artists. And you know how it is, a whole bunch of artists. Eventually, someone has to become the business mind behind it or to do something, and we didn't have that. So after that, I learned so much, all the mistakes I made in music. I said, when I go into the film stuff, I wasn't going to do that. I made it, you know. I need to do this and that. And I kind of like fell into it. Okay. So that's how I started with, if I don't do this, this right here isn't going to happen. I remember when I was doing this, this ain't going to happen. So it was trial and error, okay. a lot of stuff. It's it's funny that you mentioned like a, a girl keeping it real with you helped mm-hmm. out because that's what happened to me. Uh-huh. Like uh, I had a girl I really cared about. It was dumb. And it messed up things. But as, as right. we broke up, I was like, all right, this is a learning experience. Uh I want you to tell me everything that you think I need to work on. And she, like, pulled out a list. <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> Here you go. Like, she had been saving it up for the right. past five years. She already knew what you <laughs> need to work on. Exactly. I was like, wow. Right. But but it, like, put me down because I was like, no one kept it that real. Right. So did it put you down when someone kept it that real with you? Um, no, it, I wasn't mad because I knew it was true, mm-hmm. you know. And I was like, I don't want to keep doing this. And even now, you know. When you're an entrepreneur and doing your own thing, you're going to go up and down. And only certain people can understand that who've done it. 
So when she said it, I, don't, I wasn't mad. Even now, people talk to me. They might say something. It might not be a girl or something, but someone yeah. say something. I still take it in. But um, now I know if they're not doing it, they can't really understand. Entertainment is like a funny thing. You yeah. know, if you're not a part of it, it's kind of hard for you to understand it. So when you talk to someone outside of it, they don't really they get, don't it. get it. So, but at that time, I wasn't really, really doing it. You know what I mean? So she was being for real. That's what you want to do. This is what you need to do. That's how it was. So, and then you learned to find passion in your work. Like, did you find the mm-hmm. passion first or did you find the work ethic first? Um, I think I was confusing um, the love for something without the, uh, I knew I had the work ethic for it. I didn't have no direction. And I was relying, like, again, I was relying on people who didn't really have direction either. And some of them are still doing the same things that they was doing back in the 90s. And um, I kind of feel bad for them, you know, <laughs> but um, I, I, I don't know, man, you know. <laughs> but I think I just didn't have it all together. I knew what I wanted to do. I just didn't know how to do it, you know. What age did you figure this out? Like, did oh man, late into the 20s. Okay, no, I want no early stage. <laughs> no, nah. I know you figured it out like 16 up. I got it. Nah, nah. And you know, the internet changed a lot of things too. Because if the internet was around when we was, I think when I was doing music really hard, then if the internet was around, a lot of things would have been a lot easier, but it'd been more competition. Yeah, but um, I think I think now that I could make like a rap artist if I really wanted to, I could. I can make one work, not for myself, but for another person. Yeah, I think I could because I know what to do now. Okay. You know, uh, what's the name of one of your mixtapes? Did you ever drop a mixtape? I ain't never make a mixtape. Okay, you never. I made just a did albums. Okay, yeah. I didn't see the purpose of making a mixtape. What's the name of one of your albums? Uh, I had "Living a Dream" and I did um, "Ghetto Gold." Okay. Then I did a couple of singles with it, and then I was on um, two. I had a couple of songs on some other stuff, you know. But I never made the mixtape because I didn't see how I was going to make any money from the mixtape. Fair enough. You know? Uh, what was the first song you ever wrote? Do you oh, do you remember man. it? I know the rhyme was something like, I'm fly, tired, a god, or something. <laughs> something like that. I was probably about like 12 years old, to oh, be really? honest with you. Yeah. Uh, what was the first song you wrote about a girl, did you? Um... I don't forgot. <laughs> I had a lot of rhymes. I just when you you're a rap, everybody tell you, you're a rapper, you got notebooks of whole bunch of rhymes. I don't even remember to be honest with okay. you. Um, so who helped you make you into the person you are today? Uh, I have to say my grandma and my moms, my aunts. I pretty much was raised by a group of women, not just one. And my granddad, who really was my step granddad, um, my other grandmother. On the other side of my family, of course. And, yeah, that's, you know, a lot of women. Uh, me too, man. Yeah, a lot of women. <laughs> so I kind of know women games because I was taught <laughs> a lot about <laughs> when a woman trying to run a game. Oh, oh you see constantly, it, man. <laughs> constantly was drilled in my head when oh, a woman yeah. tries to run a game on you. You see it. Like, I, yeah. I grew up with four sisters, my mom right. and my grandma. And sometimes I'm like, y'all scared me into wanting to be single sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, and and you and I related on. Uh, you used to grow up, grow up watching stories mm-hmm. with the grandma. Th- yeah, they were always interesting because it was always like something crazy. Like <laughs> always, every day they always came. My grandma watch it. it. Always come back next day and watch it again. I was like, <laughs> they could drag whoever writes soap operas is a great writer, man. They can drag it out, can't they? Part of me wants to write a soap opera you one day. Do man. You should do it. Just. Uh, like there was this one storyline I couldn't believe. Like someone died, and mm-hmm. the the woman was very upset. Her husband died, and then like a year later, he his ten, twin brother, who they never knew about, was a prince of a country. <laughs> and <it was> like, <laughs> and this is legit. And his name was Richard, and <laughs> they never knew that they were brother and sister. I was like, I was like, how do you write this stuff? <laughs> That's a good one. Oh yeah, it was great. So what makes you smile with joy? Like what gives you your happiest? Um, I just try to look on the positive side of things. You know, like I don't want to sound all cliche about all stuff, but really, man, I I used nothing. I used to work in group homes. I used to manage two group homes, and I met a lot of people that would come to the country from different countries. A lot of them would come from different parts of Africa. So listening to them talk about 
what they went through back at home. I mean, back at home, back at home, and how they would talk about things that happened that you know when they were smaller. I mean, there's a lot of things that go on wrong in this country, but it's still a great place to be. And I'm just happy that I don't have to go through a lot. You know, I'm, I'm, I yeah. thought I went through a lot until I talked to one guy, this, this Nigerian guy I knew, man, real cool guy. He was telling me one time how he was put in a hole. And I thought he was like in a hole in a jail. Yeah. He was like, no, Ty, I was in a hole in the ground. What? For like months. They had, they had dug a hole and stuck him in the ground for months because their, their country was fighting at the time. So they just stuck him in a hole. In a hole. You hear people's stories <laughs> like that? And I'm like, man, I got nothing to complain about, dude. Yeah. That dude was in a hole. <laughs> I hear people's stories like that sometimes because, like, that, that's what keeps me grounded, too. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm like, I'll read people who've been through a lot. I'm like, you can't complain. Mm -hmm. And I hear people's story like that. And I'm like, that probably would have broke me. Like, so thank you, God, whoever you are, right. for not putting me in that. You put me in a hole, McNeil giving up. Like, right. He put him in a hole. That dude was like he was in a hole. A hole in the ground, y'all. A hole. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> for months. Not a couple of days, for months. Months? Yeah. yeah. Like, yep, God, you gave me too much to handle. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know what your plan was with this hole, but yeah, this so, ain't it, G. Yeah, so, you know, I could complain about some stuff and be upset, but at the end of, at the, end of the day, man, I mean, I ain't really got much to complain about. So let's talk about a mistake that you mm -hmm. made that at the time you thought, this is it. Like Ty has officially messed up. I'm not bouncing back from this one. Oh, I don't. I don't know if I know why I couldn't bounce back from. I could tell you one that's funny. Okay, Hit a real with funny it. one. All right. Um, so I was dating this girl, and um, I tried to get slick, and I figured <laughs> <laughs> we and her was having arguments. So I figured I would try to like talk to another girl on the side, right? You know. Yeah. So How I'm old talking were you? to two girls. I was about like twenty. Oh, that makes sense for a 23-year-old. That's, yeah, that's, that's yeah. good 23-year-old logic. I think about, yeah, I might have been a little older. It, I wasn't over 25, though. Okay. So um, I try to get slick, man. So I'm talking to her. And something happened. I, I forgot, but we had got in an argument. And I was talking to another girl, too, right? So <clears throat> something happened, and something made me go by her house. I just I don't remember why I went by her house, but I went by her house unannounced, right? <laughs> I get there, and she ain't able to do, right? <laughs> so I was like... Yo, you know, you try to get mad. You know how you try to get mad. Yeah. What you doing? Blah, blah, blah. She's like, well, you know, you ain't until you coming over here for one, you yeah. know. I don't care if we want to leave her house. So yeah. I go over to my other girl house in Durham. But I get up there. Ain't she up there with a dude? Yo, I was so, I was like, man, I can't even get mad. I just started laughing. I just started laughing. Yeah. So both of them were cheating on me at the same time, man. So that mistake right there was like I learned that don't you know pretty much don't pop up on people without ask without asking. So I, to this day, man, I don't go over nobody's house. They don't know I'm a girl. If I'm dating a girl, or whatever, I'm not the type that'll pull up on your house and see what you're doing. I'm like, yo, you're gonna do it. You're gonna do it. It's, it's not gonna matter. That and karma is a real thing. <laughs> yeah, like, it was funny though. <laughs> I still laugh at that boy. Like, there is no worse feeling when you can't say nothing. Mm -hmm. I, uh, you know, I had a girlfriend. I used to, I cheat on her like a lot, and <laughs> not not gloating. It was just mm -hmm. a fact. And then like she cheated on me. Like, and I was like, <laughs> I was so upset. <laughs> I was so, and I was like, I can't say anything, but yeah. I'm so bad. And yeah. I'm, I'm heartbroken. <laughs> yeah. It was one of those situations. I, I just started laughing, man. And, you know, she was looking at me like, she wanted, you know, I, I could tell, I'm talking about the second girl. I could tell she wanted to like talk about it, but I was so, so busy trying to laugh. I just kept laughing, you know. <laughs> she didn't know why I was laughing, but I just kept laughing, man. Yeah, but okay, okay. So, uh, what about professional mistakes? Like um, you, because being uh, a man. director and an actor, you have mm -hmm. to put yourself out there. And I know a lot of times we don't call things mistakes because mm -hmm. you grow from them. But has there ever been a time when you like tried something creatively and it didn't pan out? Yeah, a lot of times. Um, I made like different um, movies, like my Bless Your Heart movie. I mean, <laughs> I think that movie. <laughs> I did it because I did it. You know, I wanted to show that I can make a movie and make it on my own. Cause the first one I did with another partner, which was my ex-wife, that was another situation. <laughs> but um, my Bless Your Heart movie, I mean, I just made that movie. To me, it was okay movie. 
But it wasn't like something I could really be proud, proud of. I'm proud that I finished it. Yeah. I am definitely proud I'm finishing it. And all the actors and actresses in it did a great job. But I look back at it like, man, I could have did a lot better. Like, But I shot, to be honest with you, I shot that thing on an um, a iPhone, an iPad. You know, I just wanted to show that I could make a film. Yeah. And that was a mistake because I didn't, I could have made it better. You know, I always look at I could have made that better. And the people that I put in it, um, they were all good, all good actors. And it came out good, you know, okay. They like it a lot better than I did. And I guess I'm like, you know, when you make something, you're own worst critic, I oh. guess, sometimes. But that's what I made it on, man. <laughs> and, you know, but, yeah, that's probably one of the professional things. But um, music-wise, I made a lot of mistakes. Um I know we gave, I remember one guy, man, <clears throat> he had took like, I want to say like 50 of our songs, and he was so happy to be be heard that uh, I gave him the tape, right? He took it to New York somewhere. I don't know where he gave it, and gave it to somebody. Well, none of the songs copywritten, nothing. <laughs> I was like, man, what? Like, that was a big mistake. Like, that was because I shouldn't have gave him that tape. But I thought he was smart enough not to, you know, go give it away. But he gave it away. So, I don't know. <laughs> what do you do when that happens? Do you just, like, chalk it up to, like, the music's out there, and now I have to make new music? Um, back then, it wasn't even like that. It wasn't, we were talking about, like, on CDs, you okay. know, like, when CDs was expensive, you know? So, we was like, man, like, we know that's gone. Oh, you know, okay. like, and back then, I don't, I don't, a lot of people don't know, back in the 90s, they were stealing, like, crazy back then. I have friends that um, will put out mixtapes and famous artists would be rapping over their beats. Or they'll get somebody to remake that beat using the same samples and the same, you know, drum pad or whatever. They would just steal it. Uh, and they can't do anything about it. Can't do nothing about it. You know, so they would just copy. And that's 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 another one. Um, I gave an idea to this guy. I didn't give him an idea. I was talking to him. He took the idea and went and made something with it. That was a mistake because I shouldn't have been talking to him, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but he went and made uh, a couple of things off of it, so it is what it is with that. It sounds like you um, you just accept that it happened and you moved on. I mean, I can get mad at him, you know. But what what can I do? Um, I got some other stuff going on right now. I can't really speak on because it it's going it's really getting into a legal situation. But um, same thing, you know. I was trying to do something. I don't really like to um, talk bad about another uh, black business, so I don't really, but I try to work with them, you know, and I don't like to put out the, the stereotypes out there as it is that black people can't do business together or people of color can't do business together, and I don't really want to blast nobody, but if you're a filmmaker or a producer and stuff like that, you really have to be careful of who you deal with, you know, and be honest with y'all out there because sometimes you're thinking that, People really want to go and do you right because they got this big company or whatever. And really, that's far from the case. Sometimes it's the little guy that you think is the one that don't have anything. Yeah. They're the ones who are really real with you and being sincere. And the big guys who got all this stuff going on, they're the ones that's robbing people. And they'll do it to you because they know you don't have enough money to fight them in court. Exactly. Or they think you don't. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's what they do. Well, it's crazy because, I don't know, sometimes I like to think the world is just this nice place and people mm -hmm. don't do that. And then every time that happens, I get shocked. Like, wow, this person, like, stole my idea. They like, Oh, they're still your ideas. I, you can't I, copyright an idea. Exactly. You know, so, <laughs> you know I've, I've learned, like, to be careful if I think I have an idea that's good. Like, be careful mm -hmm. who I tell it to. Right. But it just shocked me the first time. I, like, I heard someone, like, do my, like, I told someone a premise mm -hmm. and they did it on stage. I was like. I'm in the crowd, like I'm right here. But I can't, I can't fight it because I'd never done it on stage, so they technically have it. But I'm like, the world is like this. I was shocked. They wanted to test your idea, <laughs> huh? You, first of all, you tested my gangster because, because four years ago I might have walked on stage and pulled a Kanye West and ripped the mic out your hand and never had a comedy career again. Right, you know? but that's the crazy part, like. If you tell people what's going on, they look at you like you the hater. Exactly. Like you, but no, that's not you. It's almost like 
if you tell people the truth about what's going on and it's about people they they like already, oh, you can forget it. Oh, it's done. You forget it. Yeah, they they will test your gangster, so you just got to be careful. Yeah. Um. So what were you like as a kid, though? Uh, I used to play a lot of sports. Um, I grew up in a neighborhood where um, I remember, I'm old enough to remember before crack came. And um, back then in the 80s, the early part of the 80s, believe it or not, it was, it was really nice. It's, I remember from 86 when it changed. I mean, you could ask anybody like in my age group, they can tell you in uh, a lot of neighborhoods just changed overnight. And you could see it, seriously. Like crack came. Yeah, my friends, bad. my friends were driving cars at fourteen, um, racing up and down the streets. We riding around in cars. We, my friends just, my friends drove the driver's ed. <laughs> <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Nah. For real, had a car so, and was driving the driver's ed. So how do license. you how do you resist <laughs> that temptation? I never was like my my thing was, I never like I grew up in like wild neighborhoods and stuff like that and. I was around drugs and stuff so much that I ain't. You either get turned on, you get turned off, and yeah. I was just turned off from it. I just didn't really care about. I used to think, well, how I grew up is if you used a drug, and I don't believe that now. But growing up, if you was a drug user, you was a sucker. Yeah, because all the dope dealers would never want to do that. They was too busy trying to get money, so you would be a sucker to use a drug. You know. Yeah. So. I just never was wanted to ever get high. I've never been high. Okay. I don't even drink. Okay. You know, and that's because I've been around a lot of li- alcoholics. You know. See, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't stray because my pop strayed. So my dad went to jail right. for selling drugs, and then ever since then, my mom's like, "You will not, right? You will not do anything like that." Which sounds amazing, and it got me to the place I'm in. But mm-hmm. as a kid, it was not fun. So mm-hmm. my mom was always checking. You got extra money. Where that money come from? Like, like you not going? <laughs> there, there's no way you're gonna sell drugs to me, like around me. That's crazy, man. Cause like uh, I was telling a friend of mine, like I, I never had a curfew. Really? Never, man. I remember being like 14, 15, be outside till like 12, 2 o'clock in the morning. We'd be out all night long. Never had a curfew. Uh-huh. So I had opportunity to do anything I wanted to do. You know, like, but I never. I just it just wasn't my thing, and I had another friend. His mom used to keep him in the house. Okay. Like, when the lights came on, he went in like outside. He went in. We would come <laughs> out, but he would go in. <laughs> so like, I talked to him about that. Now I was like, man, actually, your mom would probably saved your life, dude. I oh. mean, they probably did. It was kind of he felt kind of corny about it, but looking back at it, yeah, they probably did. Oh, my mom didn't play no games. I uh, so to give you a quick story. I kept getting in trouble in school, so my mom was like, uh, apparently, you don't know how to act when you're not around me, so we're going to go to school together. (laughs) So for like two weeks, (laughs) my mom was sitting there, and if I didn't, like, and we would do homework together, and she was like, so if a teacher asked a question that she knew I knew the answer to, she hit me, you know the answer to that. So I'd have to raise my hand. I still have PTSD from it sometimes, (laughs) like, if my mom tells me to do something at 29 is still getting done. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, man. No, I mean, but some some parents have to do that. Yeah, I, yeah. I would have strayed. Yeah, I mean, it just depends on, but my grandmother used to um, constantly drill in my head, be the master of your own mind, be the master of your own mind. That, that was like a, a, I don't know, like a ritual to walk out the door. Be the best master of your own mind. <laughs> okay. Just saying it. She Every day. Okay. So I think I never really cared about being a follower to other people. Like, it, you know, in every neighborhood, everybody – just because you come from a rough neighborhood, I mean, everybody's bad. Neither. Yeah. It's a lot of good people. And I just hang around the good ones sometimes. You know, I had some bad friends and good friends, and I just want into that, That you know. So I hear people complain, oh, I grew up, I had to do this. You didn't have to do it. <laughs> nah, you, <didn't. laughs> you, you chose didn't. to do it. Exactly. But I don't know. My mom would say things like uh, that made sense because mm-hmm. she was like, all right, Justin, you know black people go to jail for longer for doing drugs or right. that stuff, right? So then, why would you do it? <laughs> like she, like that makes even you should have even more reason not to do it if you get in triple the time. I like that makes sense. Yeah. Um. So you you're a pretty positive guy, man. Mm-hmm. And um. So how do you deal with negative emotions when they creep up? Um, I might listen to some. Um, nowadays, I listen to a lot of positive music. I'll just go listen to some positive music. Um, a friend of mine taught me. Um, I was talking there. 
um, him one time. He was telling me, like, when he feels down about something, he'll just look at videos from other people that's doing way worse. And not to say that he's, you know, down on those people, but just put things back in perspective. So yeah. I do that sometimes now, too. Um, of course, the affirmation, you know. Um, I think when I read uh, that book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That's a good one. Yeah, that kind of changed my way of thinking about just life in general and what I had been taught, you know. Yeah. And um, Robert Kiskowski. Yeah. Right? yeah. I, I like the book. I yeah. thought it was a really good book. You it know? is, is it? Um, that's what I do. I just try to listen to something um, positive in the morning. I wake up, I try to listen to a positive song like... Um, uh, I know it might sound crazy, but the Commodores, Easy Like Sunday Morning, something okay. like that. Or I listen to um, uh, Frankie Beverly, Happy Day. You know, stuff like that. First of all, that, that's songs. my that's my morning uh, ringtone. Oh, yeah, uh, okay, yeah. What's uh, that? Uh, the sunshine in my eye. Yeah. And, yeah, that, yeah that's what I bought um, in the what morning. What is it? Was it Every Day? Yeah. Every day, every, I forgot what was um, that song. I should know that. I, I listen to it every morning. I can't yeah. even think of it. I think uh, if you start off the day listening to something like that, it kind of helps. Uh-huh. You know, I ain't gonna say I do it every day, but I do. And I listen to some, um, of course, Bob Marley stuff like that. Different reggae. You know, I used to like reggae a lot when I was younger. So, any more mistakes that you've made? That, um, yeah, I made a lot of mistakes. <laughs> um, I would say. When you, when I made mistakes when I was making my first movie, um, and my ex did it, and I think we didn't both have a clear understanding of what we wanted to do. Because when we broke up, we didn't really know what to do with the movie. So we weren't really clear about which direction we wanted to get out of something. And um, I think if, like now when I make movies, I'm upfront about, okay, this is what I do. This is what, if you want to do it, you know, I asked, so what do you want out of it? You know, because when you make a film or something like that, people want different things out of it. Some people want to get paid. Some people want to get famous. Some people do it for their resume. So I'm upfront about that now. Some mistakes I made in the past about it's like really not knowing what I wanted to do with a project before I did it or not building up an audience for the project. I'm talking about on a professional level. So, like, you can make a movie, but nobody knows who's in the movie or what the movie's about or no buzz around it then it just drops. So I learned from those two past movies what not to do. But I had made other stuff too. And I'm making other stuff, I just don't talk about it yet. Yeah. And I learned that um, yeah, you shouldn't talk about it until it's actually done. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Once it's done, then you can say whatever. <laughs> you know? uh, I'm going to take that lesson down. I got to take that one down because I've had a lot of projects. So I'll be halfway through. I'm like, I, I, like, I learned from it and I'm like, I don't feel like doing it anymore. And I'll, mm-hmm. then I'll work on something that I really want to do. I'm like, well, I've told a lot of people about this project at this point. Right. Uh, so that's a good lesson. Uh, you seem very analytical about your mistakes. Like you mm-hmm. process them and you're like, this is what I need to do to fix this mistake so it doesn't right. occur again. How, were you always that way? No. No. <laughs> no. I figure out that this is what I want to do in life. And I, in order for me to do it, I'm going to have to get serious about making it happen because no one's going to come – People will help you once they get it going. I mean, no one's going to come and give it to me. So I know that as long as I'm trying and trying to go in the right direction and, and constantly progressing, then other people will come along and be you know, willing to do it with me. But um, that's just pretty much it as far as that goes. Um, so the goal of this podcast mm-hmm. uh, is for people to learn from you, uh, to, to, to f- know what Todd did. And mm-hmm. so I have questions. Right. Um, I scour the internet because there's a lot of websites out there like personal development. I take questions from those, uh, like the general questions. So one of the, one of the questions that people ask is, "What can I do right now to get my life back on track?" Be honest about what you want to do. I, I would say, like, really be honest about what you really, really want to really, really want to do. So if you want to be, let's say, like you want to be an, an entertainer or whatever, then go do it. Um, just figure out what you have to do to do it. Don't quit your day job. You know, don't, you know, um, keep working and do it on the weekends until you can figure it out. So that's, I would say th- to that. Okay. 
how do you get because with with this, what you're doing sometimes mm-hmm. it there it involves activities that you don't necessarily want to do mm-hmm. um how do you get the stuff done that you don't necessarily want to do done like what's your process for that um i try to get help from someone else that that knows a little bit more about it than i do mm-hmm. so like if it's something let's say like i know how to shoot like dp work i know how to do camera work I don't mind doing it if I have to do it on my own, but if I know someone else who can do it better than me, I don't mind contracting it out to them. And that's how I get by it. I just delegate it to somebody else where I can go focus on my strengths over here. So uh, that's pretty much what I do. But if I have to do something to get it done, then I just set a uh, set aside a time to do it. Like with editing sometimes. Yeah. People don't know that editing a film or editing is it's very tedious, and it takes a long time to get exactly what you want. And um, I have to set aside the time, and I have to like shut everything down for hours just to get stuff done. Turn so, off, turn off the phone. You have to turn off everything. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned being the master of your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, that includes sometimes having to get toxic people out of your life. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? Um. Just be real with yourself and um, ask yourself, well, what am I getting out of this? What are they getting out of it? And if if it's not something that's equal value, then you, you pretty much have to go your separate ways. So you made that sound so easy. So I'm going to follow up. Mm-hmm. How do you have that conversation or do you just you talking about a person? Yeah. Like if you need to get someone toxic out of your life, usually if it's somebody who's not going to who's not for you, just ask them to do something for you and they'll leave you alone. <laughs> really? Yeah. Like, no, like if you ask someone, like if you need something, really need something and you know that person isn't going to do it, just keep asking them. They'll stop talking to you. You know, most of the time. Oh, true. Cause they'll avoid you. Cause they know they don't, don't want to do it. Yeah. They and then want- when they ask you for something, remind them, Hey, but I need this. And they'll stop talking to you eventually. You know, that's pretty smart. <laughs> Because I've noticed sometimes a lot of things are one-way streets. A lot of times. And you're like, yeah. what is going on? Like, so. Yeah. Um, so one thing that I noticed, and we're going to get back to questions from the Internet. Okay. Uh, on your Facebook, you tend to have a lot of photos of other people. You tend to have, right. like, you, and you put yourself in roles where you're helping other people. Is But you're successful, and that's not necessarily what, if you hear what success is, people, uh-huh. they seem like moguls, and they're by themselves, and they... But you are successful helping other people, and that makes you successful in your own right. Is that how you do things? Like, no, I learned that from um, an acting coach. Uh, her name is Sonny Penniston. And what she told me is, like, if you want to be successful at something, you make other people around you successful, and then they'll eventually uplift you. So if you're helping other people, they're going to help you. And I also listen to um, – what is his name? The um, the big guy does all the motivational speaking. Les Brown. No, the white guy, the big one, uh, um, real tall guy. You talking about um, um, Tony Robbins? Tony Robbins, all yeah. Right. So um, he he always said it. The only way you're gonna I'm just saying rich right now. I'm not saying rich, but I'm not talking about money. But I'm just saying only way you're gonna really get rich is to help other people. And if you think about it, it's true. You might have to sell them something, but if you're helping them get something they want. It's just like a circle. Everything comes around, you know. So that's why you see me posting a lot of stuff because I figure if this guy over here is doing well, this lady over here is doing well, and we all in the part of the same circle, when I'm doing bad, they can help me. Okay. You see what I mean? So that's, that's your secret. We can help each other out. So if we all helping each other out, then I'm not going to really, you know, have a problem. If I fall or need help with something, they're up here. They can say, hey, Ty, you know. Come on back up here with us, and if I fall, you pick me back up. So it's a community thing, really, you know. Um, <clears throat> one of your profile pics is uh, – no, it's not necessarily a profile pic, mm-hmm. but one of your pictures, uh, it has a quote in it, and it says, dream those dreams like a life without uh, dreams is black and white, mm-hmm. and to go, you know, dream those dreams. Uh, is that your philosophy? Oh, uh, just one of them. Okay. Just one of them. I like to get a lot of quotes. I get a lot of quotes from my family. If you look at my Facebook page, I post a lot of a lot of stuff from my family, and I'm meeting a lot of new family too. So it's a lot of people on my Facebook that we're family, but they don't know how we're connected. So I post pictures, love, no, oh, this is who I'm, this is how I'm connected to you. 
This is how it is. And it's kind of weird because on the Native American side, I didn't know as many of them, but I knew my grandmother's family, my my dad's side of that family, but I didn't know all of them up in the Alamance County area. <laughs> but I knew them in the Raleigh area because one that many, they just moved to Raleigh, you know. So that part of my family, I post pictures, let them know this is how we're related. And the black part, this is how we're related. So, you know, that's pretty much what goes on with that. So if you see all these different things on my page, that's what that's about. Was it was it great getting in touch with your culture? Like, are you have you always been in touch? I always knew. Okay. Like, I, I mean, I look at my grandma. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I knew my grandma and this grandma didn't look the same, you know. But I didn't really, you know, uh, when I used, I used to be around both of them until my other grandmother had dementia and stuff. But um, you you see it when other people start to look at you. Like, why is she with that little, <laughs> that little kid right there? You know, you, you see that. Y'all do not look alike. Yeah, like, man. why is she got that little boy with her? Okay. You know, but I used to have a lot of hair back then, so my hair would be like, it is, you know, they could look, oh, okay. But um, you, you, other people will tell you. Like, that's your grandma? Might want to like with my sisters and them, we got different mothers. My sister and my brother, we all got different uh, mothers. So they're a little bit they look more like their mother. So they're darker. So my grandmother looks like a white lady and they are <laughs> these little dark kids, you know. So, you know, they're looking at them like, Who is that? Yeah, <laughs> what is she doing with them? You know. Back then. You know, now nowadays it's it's whatever, you know. When do you let the hair grow, man? When did I let it grow? When did you let it go? Like when Oh did you... man, um a long time ago, man. It's been like years though. But my hair grows so fast, it just doesn't grow in every spot. <laughs> <laughs> it grows really fast and it grows out straight. So I don't like people think I use a razor. I don't use a razor, just clippers. Okay. Because it comes out straight, you know, so I just Did someone have it. to have a talk with you? Like, hey man, nah. okay. No, nah, I was just like, you know what? I think I'll need to cut it. <laughs> Because yeah. I'm starting to get to that point where I'm like, am I going to have to go bald one day? No, nah, you're I, straight, man. You see it, man. You see nah, it. Like, it ain't it's, nothing. It's thin and, oh, it's not nothing yet? Okay. Nah, I'm good. I'm good. You can always, nowadays, they got all this stuff now, man. You can just <laughs> put it right back in But there. it looks ridiculous sometimes. Like, nah. sometimes you want to be like, hey, man, like, you look like you drew on your forehead with a magic marker. Like, no, nah, man. <laughs> let it go. No, nah, you you can um they got so much stuff nowadays, man. You can get it right back. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a dude that like had the middle like the middle part gone, mm -hmm. and I swear like his head was shining because he just had so much magic marker there. And I'm like, you can let it go. <laughs> I say the one thing about having a bald head is that in the wintertime you always cold. Really? Yes. I thought you don't that was realize. Like a myth. You don't realize how much your hair means to you in the winter. So I'm always watching, rocking a scully cap, you know, whatever, a toboggan or whatever you want to call it. But um, that's one thing about it. Um, what's the hardest truth that you had to accept in life that made you stronger? Um, I'd say that I would probably say that I needed help. I needed help with um, what I thought. Okay. I can say the hardest truth. I can say the well, what I thought hip hop was, what I thought what it was it what it was to make it in entertainment. When I found out the truth about it, that was kind of hard because I was coming from a mentality of an artist, and you know, artists think if you're better, you deserve better. If you earn it, when you're better, and that's not the truth, you know. And it took me that was like a really hard lesson to learn. Because I'm always saying, well, if I just write this better, if I just say this better, if I just do this acting better, this, and that's not the truth at all. There's so many factors. Yeah, yeah like, yeah. that's not the truth at all. And nowadays, it really isn't the truth. But when I started to accept that, things got a lot easier for me. And I will say, like, when I started directing and producing, I became, I think I understood acting better. Because now I know, okay, that's what that producing director are talking about. That's what they want. So instead of trying to put your own spin on it, just give them what they want. Okay. You know, that, so. Don't try to reinvent the right. formula. Uh, now, I told you about a part of this podcast that okay. comes up. Uh, I like to have people do motivational speeches. Mm -hmm. And uh, act like you're talking to a group of high school kids or oh, middle man. school. And uh, <laughs> you, you, I'm going to put on some music and you just give <laughs> your speech. 
Yeah, you gonna like, put on some music for me to say it? Yeah, like this is like <laughs> you go back to your Tony Robbins and uh, get in your Tony Ro- Robbins bag, man. Oh man! All right, I'll try to do it. All right, let <laughs> me uh, let me bring it up, and you're gonna go in your Tony Robbins bag. So when you hear the music begin, and I can talk about anything. You can talk about anything. You're ta- <laughs> oh man, um, you put me on the spot, man. I don't know what to say. I'll probably say, if you're going to do something, just go ahead on and do it. If you mess up, do it again. Um, don't worry about what people are going to say because they're going to say something anyway. It doesn't matter. Uh, if you want to go out and have fun, go have fun. If you want to fall in love, keep falling in love. If someone breaks your heart, fall in love with somebody else. <laughs> um Try to make um, try to make as many friends as you can. Um, realize that what you say to people, they always remember. Uh, try not to say it out of anger if you can. Uh, let's see. Forgive people and treat people like you want to be treated. That's the main thing. Always trying to learn from your mistakes and don't put yourself down. You got plenty of people out there to put you down, so you don't need to put yourself down for them. Uh, try to make you some money because none of your dreams will make it without any money. <laughs> it's not going to happen for you. <laughs> um, save a little bit. Invest your money. I'm not going to tell anybody to uh, invest in the stock market like that, but definitely understand what the stock market can do for you. So try to understand that. Get a little bit into that. Um, just live your dreams and don't be scared to try. And that was good. Like you ended it right when the music went down. Like you, that's how you're supposed to do it. Uh, it was. I, I like what you said, man, about just doing it. Um, I think so many people get stuck on trying to plan it. And right. Sometimes you just got to go for it. Yeah. Um, I like to tell people this is going to be the 17th episode I release. This is probably the 50th episode I recorded. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had someone who was like. Whatever you record next time, release. Because I, I was trying to make it perfect, and I was listening. Like I don't like that. I don't like that episode. Oh man, no. I <laughs> mean, because sometimes perfection is in the imperfection, you know. True. So. True. Yeah. Uh, when when did you apply something that you just had to let it? You just had to release it. That movie, bless your heart, oh, man. Oh, bless your heart. You just <laughs> you had to let it go. Yeah, man. Because you you know you sit up and you editing and you be editing for the rest of your life. You just gotta say, look, it is what it is, you know. So. Exactly. Yeah. So what do you got going on? I got um, the movie Ladies on Laughter that's coming out um, next year. I was going to release it this year, but I decided I'm going to try to get some buzz with it in the film festivals and see what happens. I think that's going to be a really good documentary because it shows what um, women of color go through as a comedian, you know, as comedians and everything. I don't think anybody really touched on that yet. And the stories that I heard, I wanted to put that out. And I actually could make another one, to be honest with you, because I didn't get all the comedians that I wanted to get on there. And I didn't realize everything that they went through. That's correct. Like, they go through a lot. It's crazy mm-hmm. when you hear some of the stories. Um, are there, can we expect another Liquor House before the Oh, yeah, the yeah. Year? We got Liquor House no, um, December the 29th. We're doing another Liquor House show. Uh, I'm going to release Liquor House 2, the second season, next year. So this is probably the last one I do for this year. Of course, at the end of the year. But... Um, for the season two, I'm gonna okay. put that one out. Um, we also have uh, some more stuff coming up with other comedians. So I don't want to get all into it till we okay. actually do it. But yeah, okay. Uh, just to give you two Charles Horn, uh, I brought my sister out for Liquor House. Mm-hmm. She loved it. Okay, like she's cool. always asking me when the next one's gonna come out. So I had to, and I was like, I don't know. They haven't put yeah. the date out there yet. December the 29th. We haven't put it. Um, good nights haven't put it up, and we haven't. You know, um, put it out yet, but I'm, it's going to be another good show. It's going to be a lot of females on this one, so okay. I wanted to show some um, some ladies around here. So, what are you going to leave the people with? Leave them with the sentence to make their week, or the less the overall lesson of everything that you've learned throughout life. Don't be too hard on yourself. Um, if you make mistakes, so what? Everybody makes a mistake. And with that, that was Humor and Mistakes with Ty Banks on 103.5 FM. Guys, we love y'all. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Remember, everybody makes mistakes. 
but it's okay. Thank y'all.